Oh, that's actually a, a very good comparison, just in terms of everybody sort of always collaborating him with him and West Coast him. singer. West Coast, that's true. That is true. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Definitely. Um, what Nate Dogg had though was the sound. He had a very classic signature sound. Not that Ty Dolla Sign doesn't, because he does. I believe he does. So that's actually a pretty good comparison. Um, nonetheless, Ty Dolla Sign and Kanye previewed some music today, and it sounds like it is fire. And speaking of Kanye. He got caught on, not, not even caught, someone was willingly recording him a while ago saying that he was, or he was talking about Cardi B, and he said that she is an industry plant. Now, I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but he said an industry plant by the Illuminati, by the way. That is really, that's pushing it, Kanye. That's pushing it. Now, this is when he had the pink hair, though, so he may not have been all the way right. He had the pink hair or orange hair or whatever, so he may have just been talking some mess. But anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Also, Drake. Drake has been out here on tour, and he's been doing the most for his fans. He sent one couple to Turks and Caicos. He sent another woman first class to his uh, concert in Miami and gave her $5,000 to spend. Well, this time he gave one of the guys who had a big old sign that said, my girlfriend, basically I spent my life savings on these tickets, but my girlfriend isn't here, her loss. Well, Drake was like, what's up? What happened? He said, you know what? I'm going to give you $50,000 so you can flex on her. <laughs> Drake said, I'm going to give you $50,000. So shout out to that fan. He is $50,000 richer. Congrats to him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if, if he pops back up talking about what he did with that money. Well, anyway, lastly, before we move on, Tyrese is currently in another lawsuit. Okay, he is fi he has filed a lawsuit. And remember, if you if you remember us talking about he filed a lawsuit with Home Depot recently. And that is a little bit suspect. They claim that they have found that he falsely lied in his lawsuit. Well, now he is filing another lawsuit against Teddy Pendergrass's widow over the rights to Teddy Pendergrass's life, his biopic. Okay, so that's probably something that we're going to discuss when we get further details. I want to bring you guys all of that information on a on an upcoming episode of The Raw Report. But let's go ahead and get to what The Raw Report is, Andy. Now it's time for a breakdown. All right. So Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens, uh, famed NFLer, uh, former NFLer, he is Wow, he's revealing he's at, he's in a live live stream. He's live chatting with Chad Ochocinco, another uh, NFLer, famed NFLer, former. And but they're not even talking about sports on this clip. At least they are talking about what Terrell Owens's experiences are with black women. Specifically, what are his bad experiences with black women that led him sort of astray? We will listen to the clip. We will break down what our thoughts thoughts are. Where does that come from? How does that inform what, you know, that might be actually be telling of what some other black men might be thinking about black women. We're going to break it all down. We're also going to talk about Sandra Bullock. Okay, I know you're probably like, what? Where did that come from? Well, Sandra Bullock is the mother to black children. And she's in an interview. She's talking about the fears that she has as a as a mom to black children and how she can sort of relate to what black women have had to go through for years. So we will talk about that. Some people actually don't like this at all. Some people say that white women fetishize having black children and so they don't they they don't want to they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see the white tears. They're, you know, they're kind of going in that manner. But 
Can she be an ally? Is Sandra Bullock an, an ally? Well, we will see. We also have an interview for you a little bit later. Now, this one is going to be interesting, so you got to stay tuned for this. This is going to be um, a gentleman, Arthur Lomax Jr., who is the lottery guru. Now, he taught, he's got projects coming out, but basically he has made a career of, of you know learning that the algorithm for lottery and, and teaching people how to win the lottery as well as himself, obviously. But um, talking about some things that have worked for him and what's to come. So we have that for you a little later in the show as well. Yeah, all of that and with an amazing contributor on the other side. I'm looking forward to this conversation. You are listening to The Rob Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Denzel Whitaker, and I'm on The Rob Report. Okay. Um, I do want to get started by, before we actually get started, I do have a quick poll for you guys now Anthony Mackie is a he's a wonderful actor okay he has been on the on the rise for many many years even so much so that he is now one of the Marvel uh, superheroes in one of the in the Marvel universe he is a character in the Marvel universe well there's a woman there's a video that shows a woman going up to him asking clarifying she says my daughter basically brought my grandson over he's an 11 year old little boy asking for a picture with his hero Anthony Mackey declines the photo so the woman comes over there seemingly the grandmother comes there and she's talking to him she's like am I getting this correct you're saying no and he says yes absolutely I'm not going to do it and he was very polite about it but at the same time this is an ongoing conversation these celebrities who are uh, they have super fans right especially someone who plays a superhero in the Marvel Universe to little kids some people say Take the photo anyway, regardless of what you're doing. Other people say he declined, but he did it. He was polite with it. What do you think? Anthony Mackie is a superhero in the Mar Marvel Universe, but should he take photos with fans or should he politely decline? Uh, I know there are all kinds of situations, but let's go ahead and start that poll. You guys go ahead and let me know. Well, I do want to go ahead and get to our contributor of the day. She is one third of the So Shameless podcast. Please welcome back to the Rob Report, Daja Bell. Hello. How are you today? Hi, Robin. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much. And I'm glad to have you here with us today. You know, it's been a little while. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good to have you back. Now, we have to jump on these these conversations. Uh, I want to give you the floor. Because Terrell Owens, uh, he did have a conversation with Chad Ochocinco, as I mentioned before, and he talked about what his experiences were like when he was younger growing up with black girls. And we'll give you just mm -hmm. a short snippet of what he said. Let's take a listen. My experiences with black women growing up wasn't so good. When I started dating white girls, my first experience with white girls is when I went to college. I tried to date some black girls when I was in college. They did not like me. I was skinny. I right. was strong. Right. I was. I was teased from high school, even college. I got teased for being dark skinned. Damn, so they, was, they tease you, cause yeah. So there was a lot of self, a lot of self esteem issues. Right. 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 No, I'm. I'm being. I'm being yep. dead honest. So when I when I got my opportunity, when my my first experience with a white girl, I'm like, okay, it wasn't bad, but that wasn't. I just totally gravitated to to white girls after that. Right. That wasn't the situation. So again, my experiences with black women growing up wasn't so good. So, but that still didn't deter me from still dating or pursuing right. black girls. 
Right. So my thing now is <clears throat> because I know there's the stigma, uh, the, the, the stereotypical of, of athletes, you know, to to, to go off and. Okay, we I'll, I'll give you the shortened version uh, for time's sake What the rest of what he was saying that generally speaking, there really is a stigma that um, a lot of black men who become successful and a lot of athletes who become successful, they uh, generally speaking will <laughs> start to date <laughs> black girls once they get on. Kanye said it very well in his song right now, your thoughts, yeah. because it's very telling. He said he actually identified his issue, that he had self-esteem issues. Give me your thoughts mm -hmm. and how this may even pour over into the black community when we see men dating women outside of their, their race. I think that everybody has like their own life perspective, and it's definitely fine to speak on their experiences from their perspective. Mm -hmm. um, what I do appreciate is what he did not do, which a lot of men do, is sometimes start throwing in a comparison, like white women are like this, black mm -hmm. women are like that. But I think he was speaking from, like, a really honest place and mm -hmm. just saying, like, at that time, like, the women that I was checking for, the black women I was checking for, they were not checking for me. And he kind of just went to who celebrated him and who wanted to actually be with him and who wanted to date him. And I don't really find a problem with that. I think that once it becomes, like, habitual and repetitive mm -hmm. and with no real basis behind it and once it's done out of a comparison, then that's when it becomes a problem. And it's just like, all right, like, if you hate yourself, that's fine. Leave the rest of us out of it. But mm -hmm. I think that he definitely hit the nail on the head when he spoke about self-esteem, spoke about being teased, spoke about how he felt as being a, a skinny, scrawny, dark-skinned man growing up in the world. Like, I get it. And then what is Tio was like, what, like in his 40s, his 50s? Mm -hmm. So this was like 80s? Like, there weren't a lot of dark-skinned men that were getting played like that back then. So me coming from a family of all dark-skinned men, like, I remember them telling me stories about how women used to talk to them and, like, put them down and talk about their complexion, talk about all of these different things, make fun of them because of their skin complexion. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of see that. At least my uncles, they were kind of, like, built. They were a little bit fit. They were kind of cute. Like, if you scrawny, you was dark-skinned, and you really ain't have no game like that, they probably was paying him death. So, I mean, he's just identifying his real-life situation i'm not mad at him mm. now if he would have went in there like becky is better than uh chandra i would have been like all right not too much like chill out <laughs> slow your roll on there tl slow your roll uh right. I, I i hear you and i i agree with that and i agree in in the fact that he does sound like he's coming from an honest place and this is his experience so we can't discount that um mm -hmm. however it's actually, I'm not going to say I've not heard of anything like that, but more so than not, more so than not, I've heard black men, successful black men, talk about them trying to date white women or anyone outside of their race because of uh, them being more submissive and that bl yeah. black women have this thing and they're, you know, too masculine or the, the pushback, the mouth, they're very mouthy or we're very mouthy rather. So, um... This is different. Now, he is what's interesting, though, and I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to try to break it down. But what's interesting is him saying when he was younger, he was scrawny. He he had these, these yeah. issues. But you would think because, listen, at some point, if you if you, he, he actually went on to say inside the video that we didn't play. He went on to talk about the fact that he uh, he was raised around black people. He ra he was raised. OK, so mm -hmm. if you if you any given day, any of us 
all got teased for one thing or another. And, and granted, everybody receives things differently. We're all traumatized or have different experiences. So this is not to negate what he says, but I'm just saying that, you know, to move on in life and to start, you know, you go to college and you are football, you know, you're, you're uh, athletic and you're playing football and all that. You may have been scrawny. He says his teeth weren't all the way right and all that. But mm-hmm. his experiences from childhood led over into college years. It's very interesting to me. It's very yeah, interesting that he would Childhood trauma does. What childhood tra- trauma bleeds into your adulthood, whether it's beknownst to you or unbeknownst to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why therapy is so important because that's something that you get to unpack. The way that mm-hmm. somebody could have made you feel at one point in time of your life, you can internalize that as a child to feel like you're not good enough, you're less than. And then it can definitely trickle into other parts of your and other facets of your life, which is why it's very, very important for even like parents to tell children like you have to like speak nicely to each other because you don't know what you can do can literally set off a chain of events in somebody else's life and it's not intentional you think that you're just being funny you're just telling a joke or something like that so Mm. that is his lived experience i'm never going to take away from somebody's lived experience especially with my experience on the internet week after week and people constantly telling me how my thought process is wrong and what i've been through and what i've seen is wrong and it's like you can't tell somebody that just as long as you're not being disrespectful, as long as you're not putting anybody down, which I don't feel like he did, I really don't have a problem with that. That is his lived experience. Mm. Woo! Wow, it's there. I, I wish that I could have a whole entire conversation about this because it is mm-hmm. so interesting to me. And because <laughs> I live in a world where black men mean a lot to me. And and let me say yeah. this. I'm, I'm also an adult now where... I'm amongst black women who talk about black men, who love black men and who want to uplift black men. And so to see someone who is traumatized from the childhood, bring that over into their adulthood. Now, I know that he's had uh, different therapies. He's been he's been uh, open about having therapy and things like that to uh, to sort of help him heal from a lot of his past traumas. But I'd be curious and maybe him speaking actually with Chad Ojo single, maybe him having these conversations and him being self-aware enough to say, this is where that came from. And he's also mm-hmm. saying now, now he is not a person who looks at color. This is what he says. He does. He was like, I don't look at color or you know race. He's saying, I, I will fall in love with your soul. You know, that's what matters to me. Now, um, it's just very, very interesting to me how he um, how he explains it. And maybe this is because of therapy. I'm not sure. But I wonder if maybe. therapy could help him. Now, okay, let me be clear. Let me be clear. Let me let me clear this up. Because I'm not trying to say I'm what I'm not trying to say is that you are you aren't fixed unless you start dating black women. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm not saying that cuz that 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 could be where that starts to lead. Like get therapy mm-hmm. to figure out why you dating white women. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying uh if if it's still attached to trauma if your thoughts about black women is still attached to trauma, I'm curious if therapy could help him with that part. 
That's where I'm going with I it. I think therapy can help anybody with anything if you're willing to put in the work and you understand, like, where what the root of things are. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the most important part of therapy. Like, it gives you the root of your problems and then gives you the ability to discern how you want to move forward with that. If you want to continue down the same old path or you want to try something different. Um so I think that that's really up to him and what he wants, what his goal is in therapy and what he wants to do as far as his love life is concerned. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think that it's an honest, healthy conversation between two black men, like just really being honest about the experiences and the things that they've seen. Because a lot of black men, instead of actually naming the root, they just name the disease, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. well. They're better than you, and they're this, and they're that. And it's like, yo, bro, like, all right, somebody called you ugly. It was a bunch of black girls that called you ugly from fifth grade to the 12th grade, and you bitter. Just say Mm -hmm. that you're bitter and Mm -hmm. move on. Like, stop throwing that on everybody else. It's not our problem. Like, Mm -hmm. so I I actually commend him. I commend him in in the, the sense of being able to speak up about something that is a little bit taboo that gets the people going because in this day and age where people um choose to not comprehend and choose to react with emotions, it could have definitely went left. But those of us that actually are listening to what the words that he's saying versus putting our own thoughts and feelings on top of it, mm-hmm. we understand what he's saying and we're not mad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I hear you on that. We got a pin. We got to put a pin in that conversation. Um, I do want to talk about. W- w- let me just introduce the topic to you, and we'll we'll actually wrap it up on the other side. Um, now, Sandra Bullock is. I mean, on the flip side, you have someone who is a, a white woman who is very successful as a as an actress and philanthropist and all this, and she has black children, and she actually. Uh, do we have time to play that clip? Okay, let's play the clip of what Sandra Bullock says, and then we'll get to that on the other side. My children are black. I have, I have a level of defense that, that millions of mothers have that aren't white. You know, I have an understanding of how scary it is, and um, I, just, I just get really emotional because I think of hundreds of years of women who've never been able to relax into motherhood. They've never been able to relax. Worried about their kids. Yes, in a way that we as white women have not had to worry. You worry about other things, but if you really, really, really take a minute and think about hundreds of years of mothers not being able to enjoy freely the birth of a child, uh, their son becoming a young man, all of those things represent fear and loss. Okay, that's Sandra Bullock talking about being a mother to black children. We are just going to simply very quickly break that down on the other side. Daja, don't you go anywhere and you all don't go anywhere either. Right now we've got news, traffic and sports. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. You are inside The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey. Speaking of Ty Dolla Signs, he is honestly one of the best. One of the best. If you are just joining us on The Raw Report, we are joined by Daja Bell, our our entertainment contributor of the day. We were talking about Terrell Owens and his experiences, negative experiences with black women that led him to start dating white women. 
But now he says he is open to anybody and everybody. He does not see race. Now, uh, on the other side, I did play a in Daja. We really got to I can't even get into this the way I want to. So I'm actually just going to pose um, <laughs> maybe a question and uh, see where you take it before we wrap it up, because I got to okay. get to another uh, another interview here. But I did want to know you heard the Sandra Bullock clip that we played she's 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 basically letting us know her experience as a as a woman as a white woman with black children she can sort of understand our plight you know of raising black children bringing black children into the world number one is this something that you that you think you know what these are a lot of people think that white people white women i'll say fetishize black people or having black children or having a black spouse or something like that some people think that about her um, and other women, there, there's Madonna, uh, Charlize Theron, there is Angelina Jolie. These women are all white and they have black children. Or do you look at her more as an ally? Um, ally is stretching it. I think she's an ally to her children, not to all of us as a whole. Mm. Um, I don't know if she's fetishizing. I do get that sense sometimes. So I don't want to put that label on her per se. But what I will say is it does kind of, kind of come off a little disingenuous because it's like black women have been saying these things for years. We've been talking about our fears with our children. We'll be talking about how difficult it is to raise our children in this racist society. And it's just so disheartening that it literally takes people to be in our shoes or to have a, some type of a lived experience that is similar for them to understand things that we've been saying for eons now, mm-hmm. for centuries now. So it's like, all right, now you get it because you're in our shoes and now other white women are going to be like, oh, well, Sandra Bullock, you know, she said this and now it's making me think differently. But black women have been saying this forever. It's just so annoying that white women have to echo our our concerns for people to actually start paying attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No question about it. You're absolutely right. I will end it on this note by saying I actually do look at her as an ally. I look at a lot of white women who speak up for black women who use their voices for us as as allies in the sense that no matter what they might be thinking you know uh subconsciously or anything like that i don't care if it's a fetish i don't care if anything like that but if you use your voice and your power and your platform for the greater good of black of 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 black people then i'm gonna see you as an ally but you got to do it in the right way as well there are people who teach this people who sometimes white people think that they're doing us a service when they're actually doing us a disservice um much more of a conversation to be had at another time but daja bell thank you so much for joining us on the raw report let everybody know where they can find you um you can find me every week on the so shameless podcast found everywhere so shameless pod on TikTok, on Instagram. If you see something that I said that you didn't really like, listen to the whole show before we get to arguing in the comments. It's not okay. No, that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, I appreciate you so much, and I look forward to you coming back on the Rob Report. Enjoy you your too, night. Robin. Thank you very, very much. Okay, and as promised, like I told you guys, and I actually have a poll started for you right now. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know if you believe you can strategically place bets to win the lottery. Well, I don't know. Uh, this, This man here, he's a devoted lottery player for over 30 years. 30 years. Um, 
He leads the Win the Lottery Now Corp. He is a, a lottery strategist, self-proclaimed lottery guru, okay? Um, he also has a talk show, a radio show, also entitled The Lottery Guru Show, where it provides viewers with a valuable opportunity to access daily pick three and daily and pick four numbers to play in their respective states. Um, this should be a very interesting conversation. Let us please welcome Arthur Lomax Jr. to the show. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hello, Robin. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. I cannot lie. I am I am 100% fascinated in your story. If you can, um, give us a little bit of insight. You started playing the lottery uh, often enough over 30 years ago, and you just noticed some some familiarity. Let us know. How did this, this begin for you? Well, I began playing the lottery when I was about uh, 15 years old. And at the same time, I was in high school taking computer programming. My love of uh, mathematics and my love of the lottery kind of coincided with one wow. another. Wow, winning combination. And, um, <laughs> yes, and, I, and um, I developed a program that wins the lottery daily. And the first thing I said to myself, well, um, no one's going to believe me about this, so let me go to the news media. So uh, I took my story to uh, ABC News here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, mm-hmm. uh, Channel 6, and my reporter uh, back then was Kenneth Mooton from World News Tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, I provided them with the winning lottery numbers for six weeks, and they came out to my neighborhood and sh- shot a big news story about my adventure. And a week before I was about to come on national TV, they pulled my story. So I said, you know what? I understand business. I understand why they pulled my story because mm-hmm. the world wasn't ready to find out there's a person that actually found out a way to win the pick three, pick four lottery live each mm-hmm. and every day. Mm-hmm. Four years later, the TV show Shark Tank came to town. Mm-hmm. So I said, here's another opportunity for me to prove to everyone that I've been in a way to win the lottery every day. So this time I recorded my whole process from start to finish, from me standing outside in the lines with thousands of people until I got in front of the judges for the TV show Shark Tank, and I made it. I was one of the uh, 10 people they selected to pick from the appear on the show. I made it to, uh, one of the 10 people they selected, and they selected someone else's product. I started my own company, won the Lottery Now Corp. I started hosting my own show. I started giving out free lottery numbers to people around the whole United States. And they went daily, and I do a live each and every day. And uh, I was going over the numbers for California, and we hit the lottery in California four times out of the last 10 drawings. And I'm going to provide you guys with some winning lottery numbers today. You providing us with some lottery numbers? Come on with it. I'm going to give you guys some winning lottery numbers right now. Whoa. So the numbers I want you to play this week is going to be um, the numbers 750, 751, 752, 753, 754, 755, 756, 757, 758, and 759. Those numbers have a high probability of winning in California this week. Whoa. You play those numbers every day mm-hmm. this week in your drawings, you have a high probability of winning. What I've noticed about the lottery system, what people don't understand, is only there's only one number system in the whole United States. The same numbers that come out in California are the same numbers that come out in New Jersey, where I'm at. And, and the problem is people don't know what numbers to play out of the thousand numbers you could choose from. They don't know what numbers have the highest probability of winning. Mm. Everyone's taking an educated guess. I've sat yeah. down and studied the lottery for the last 30 years and found all the numbers that hit most often. Because my logic is if these numbers keep winning, those are the numbers I want to keep playing because they keep winning. Okay. That's my system in a nutshell. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Because people are asking already, what, what, what are the numbers again? Okay. Well, I, but I, I'll get to that in a moment. 
do do you believe that the news and you know whomever else the attention that you tried to grab did they believe you were falsifying your story is that why you think no. they pulled the story so they, they didn't believe it that's why when you went to shark tank you said let me show you the entire process well when i when i gave them the winning numbers i gave the winning lottery numbers to abc news here in philadelphia pennsylvania mm-hmm. for six weeks and they won and I have all the emails and all the documentation from my reporter, Kenneth Moten, back then. And I provide them with the winner lottery. And they won over 50% of the time. And on February 14, 2012, they came out to the northeast section where I lived at mm-hmm. and shot a big news story about me. All this information is on the Internet. If you guys just go to Google, put my name in there, and ABC News, you'll see it all. Mm-hmm. Now, what do? how many times have you won the lottery? Have you counted? I'm sure yes, it's had, I've, had to have been like, yeah, a, I, quite a lot. I've won the lottery over 10,000 times. We win the lottery every single day. And we do it live. If you go to my Facebook page, Arthur Lomax Jr. with uh, 19,000 followers, mm-hmm. um, the way I prove this to people is I make live videos of myself catching my tickets. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to have my all my friends around the United States make videos of themselves catching their tickets in the stores and congratulating the seed is believing. Okay. How did you come up with this algorithm? It's it's so easy to say, you know, I started playing at a certain time and things started to look familiar. You started looking at, you know, familiar numbers. But, you know, it just seems like, you know, just it seems so out. I don't know. It just Incredible. seems like. Yeah. 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 It really does. So how are you able to come up with this algorithm? Because algorithms, so algorithms so, as a matter um, of fact, are if even if we think about. Social media, that's that's how we sort of can relate to algorithms. People can't figure it out or it's it's ever changing. So how has how have you figured out the algorithm and it has not changed in, you know, however many years? Because you would think once they've once they figured out, okay, this guy knows what we're doing, that they would that they would switch it up or flip up the algorithm. How how have you been able to deal with that? Well, I've I've done research on all the lottery states. I'll pull all the numbers. That hit most often. What people don't understand about the lottery system, that numbers repeat all the time. If you're playing the numbers, say for instance, I'll use your state. If you found out that the number one, two, three comes out of California 20 times a year, it would be in your best interest to play one, two, three every single day. Because mm-hmm. it's going to hit 20 times a year. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is combo those numbers no matter what order it comes out. You receive the straight hit. Mm-hmm. That's part of my system right there. I'm only playing numbers that hit most often. So now, I'm not doing any type of workout or anything like that. I'm yeah. playing numbers that hit all the time. You've you've used the term "we have won" and "we we won" over in this state or that state, and and I know you have a group and uh, people that keep up with you and watch what you do on Facebook. Do you uh, consider your Do you consider it that when they win, you also win, or is there some sort of um, like a you have a membership plan, or how does that work? Yeah. Yes, um, on my website, www.winthelotterycorp.com, I have a, a monthly membership, and uh, a monthly membership starts at $15 a month. I provide you with the winning lottery numbers. It's 14 drawings a week. Out of those 14 drawings a week, the people that's in my uh, club, mm-hmm. they win about seven to ten times a week, every week. Okay, can you give us a a general idea? Because if I'm winning the lottery, I feel like every day or every, you know, very, very uh, close to it. I mean, are we not retiring? I mean, what what, what are these numbers typically look like for people? Is it like, 
okay, I'm winning ten dollars uh, uh, per per time, and that is why it's exciting because you know they're just small increments. Or is it like you know people are winning five hundred, a thousand, or ten thousand? What does that look like? The money they're winning. Yeah, the money they're winning. Um, the most I know that um, one of my members won is uh, fifty thousand hmm. dollars, and they generally win any place from two hundred to hmm. Two hundred to three thousand dollars a day, and Very some of my members are retired, like myself. Okay, well, you said get off my back. All right, okay. So listen, <laughs> uh, when we come forward, I do want to talk to you. There's a uh, a a poll that's over here in my chat where 64% of the people right now say they do that. They do not believe that you could place a bet on the lottery strategically to win. I want you to address that on the other side right now. Uh, let's go ahead. And we'll get to the other. We'll, we'll talk about this more on the other side. You're listening to the raw report on KBLA talk 1580. Stay there. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. It's your boy, little real right now. I'm hanging out with Robin on the raw report. Okay, we are wrapping up this conversation with Arthur Lomax Jr., who is uh, the lottery guru who has won a lot of money in the lottery and has discovered a an algorithm to help other people win the lottery as well. I have to ask you, before we let you go, and I do want you to let everybody know where they can find you, but before we get to that... Um, what what is your end goal here? Is it to you want to continue to help other people? Is that what this is about? You want to help other people win the lottery, um, and for how long? Yes. Um, when I first started this, that was my goal from from the outset, is to help people because um, I went through some tough times in my life, and I said to myself, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through in life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to helping people all around the world. Wow! I've been doing that for the last ten years. Wow. Okay. And have you replicated yourself? You know, sometimes, you know, if you figured out the secret sauce, <laughs> you and only you know the secret sauce. Um, have you? Have you? Ha- do you have anyone to help you do this once you want to retire, or you know, go buy your your house in the Turks and Caicos and li- you know live live with you and in your family? Do you want to have someone continue this business for you? This business model? Yes. Yes. Um... I have um, a few individuals that help me now with this, but as far as giving out the secret, no, I haven't given out the secret. <laughs> okay, and no plans to. Maybe you write a book on it someday. Maybe that's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll write a book on it one day. One day, but, but not um, today. Uh huh. As far as reaching me, you guys can reach me at um, my phone number is one eight five six three seven five seven three seven nine, and you can reach on my website and become a member of my club, and uh, at www.winthelotterycorp.com and on my Facebook page it's Arthur Lomax Jr. with 19,000 followers and a blue check mark and I'm on all social media outlets I'm on everything Okay. you can, you can reach me on Instagram at my, my corporate name uh, Win the Lottery Now Corp you can reach me on on YouTube uh, under um, the Lottery Guru and the, the one unique thing about me is that I do it live like yeah. after I'm finished talking with you guys I'm going to give out the winning number across the United States today. If you on my Facebook page today, you see I gave out the winning number in, in New York and Georgia already today. Mm-hmm. The trade hits in Georgia and New York. So for okay. all the individuals that find it's hard to believe, all you have to do is do about five minutes of research on me. Yeah. And you'll find out everything I'm saying is true. Well, I have to say um, I appreciate you, and I'll let you know if my numbers hit this week. <laughs> 
Sounds good. I'll be cracking them. Okay, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for calling the Raw Report, and uh, we definitely look forward to you know following your journey. Thank you so much. You have a great evening. It's nice speaking with you as well. Wow. Okay. Well, if you're in California and you are doing your pick three. Um, let me know if, if that if that hits for you. But also you can follow follow uh, Arthur Lomax Jr. at WinTheLotteryCorp.com and all of the things. Okay, let's go ahead. Do we have we have time for this very quick? Who's got next? Now let me tell you a little bit about them. They are a sibling combo, and I don't know how I came across them, but their algorithm, speaking of algorithms, have shown up on my timeline, and it blew me away. It's a 16 year old sister. Uh, a younger brother, probably 14, and a young, the youngest brother, uh, he is, I don't know, six, seven years old, eight, I don't know. But they are just incredible, and they go by Bicos Mana. Check them out. Take my hand. Take my short but sweet right now Bicos Mana are they live in another country they have visited the states for the very first time just over the past couple of weeks but when I tell you this little group this this uh triplet group (laughs) trio group triplet they're not triplets they are a trio but when I tell you they got next they truly got next hear me when I say Bicos Mana has got next Wow. Um, Great, great show. I appreciate all of you inside of our chat. Those of you who are listening, we appreciate you tuning in. And Daja Bell, thank you so much for calling today and being our contributor. Yeah, that was a beautiful rendition. Um, it was It's a beautiful song, beautiful group. I love the siblings. So definitely look forward to... Um, to more from them i don't think they have any of their original their own music out so they do covers a lot but they are just chef's kiss anyway you already know what time it is that means that uh zoe williams the voice of reason is coming up right after me and he's gonna bring another fire show like he does this one today is called relationship samsara what is samsara A deeper look at relationships that go through repetitive cycles of disappointment. Woo, he he has questions for y'all to help you identify if your relationship is going through that. Let me just tell you, it's about to be fire. All right, y'all, it's Monday, meaning I'm going to be right back at it on Tuesday, just tomorrow. Me and Andy. That's right. We're going to rock out, rock out. Uh, We appreciate all of you, you guys. Uh, It's been a great show. Remember, today and every day forward to be a blessing.